I'm convinced that that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Now, I think he wrote it covertly because Paul was kind of like a wanted man among early century Jews, you know. He's like, this guy defected, you know. So, But he knew so much of what was on the inside of him. He was, he was, he was called to the Jews and the Gentiles. And that even made him madder, made him up more upset. So he writes this amazing book that we have today called Hebrews. And, and it, doesn't say, it doesn't say it was written by him, but I just know in my spirit that it was because if you look at the way he, he says things. He brings up stuff that only they would know, and he brings it back to a way I think they've never heard, and I think he kind of gigs them with it, and he kind of says, yeah, but if you're this, you need to know this, and if you think that, well, then this is true, and he, he just, he kind of, kind of like, dun, 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 kind of Mission Impossible, you know, he does this thing, he writes this amazing book that touches a lot of Jewish people in the day. And one of the things he took was the was the was the journey out journey out of Egypt, and he took how because they were so proud, they were so proud that what God had did. But really, if you talk about it, it was two million. It was a group of two million bunch of doubt and unbelieving heathens. If you think about it, they were so proud of that. They were just so excited that our fathers ate manna in heaven. Yeah, but you disobeyed every Sabbath. You kept what you wanted. Supposed to. He told you not to go out there. He told you. Then you griped and complained years in. See, they were so proud of what they had done as a, as a people, but they missed the whole point that you just about all got wiped out. We, we, me and Don talk, you know, God come to Moses, I'm tired of this rebellious, stiff-necked people. How about I just wipe them out and start over with you? And, and Moses said, no, no, don't do that. And he interceded for two million people. Two million people. Would he have wiped out Joshua and Caleb? I don't think so. I, th- I think it would have been Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. He'd have wiped them all out if Moses hadn't have done what he did. So if you look, if you look at the third chapter of Hebrews, He's, he's bringing it forth into the New Testament because a lot, a lot of people these days do not think the Old Testament is relevant. Now, we do in here. But a lot of the church, a lot of, I'm standing, the Lord said, stand still and preach into that camera there because somebody's going to hear what I've got to say out there in the, in the Internet world. See, they think, they think, a lot of people don't think that the, that the Old Testament is, Old Covenant is re- relevant, relevant, relevant today. But it is. And Paul, again, the writer of Hebrews, I'm, I'm sure it's Paul, he sneaks it in. If you look at Third chapter, seventh verse, he says, as the Holy Ghost saith today. Now, today was 2,000 years ago, but today is still today, right? He, he had to, he, it's still, now, now faith is, it'll be is tomorrow. It was is 2,000 years ago. As the Holy Ghost say today, if you hear his voice. If you hear his voice, when? Today. If you hear his voice today. Now, this is the name of my sermon. Harden not your heart and learn my ways. This is the name of my sermon. It's the name of my sermon. Harden not your heart and learn my ways. And I'm looking into some faces of some beautiful people that do not have hard hearts. Kenny West, I love you, brother. The Lord says, blessings on you. Blessings on you for going out of your way and coming in this church and being so faithful. He loves you, brother, and he's got a plan for your life. Your days on this earth will be lengthened for the time you're given to your spirit these, these, these last days of all of us. Your days will be lengthened, the Lord says. So hang with him. Let him speak to you. He wants to talk to you about some things. Forgive me. I had to, I had to do that. Harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. As in the provocation. In the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years. 
Wherefore, this is God speaking, the Holy Ghost is saying this, God says, Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation. I like saying it this way. I was grieved with that whole generation except two people. <laughs> but I was grieved with that generation. That whole generation except for three people, Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. I was grieved with that whole generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. They went their own way. Their error was they went their own way and didn't know my ways. So I swear. Now, if you got God swearing against the people that he's calling his own, that's just, that's wrong, man. That, I mean, what have you done? <laughs> well, all God did to get you out of Egypt, now he's swearing in his wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. So take heed, brethren, he says it again, lest there be, you know, this is the brethren of, the, of today, of that day when Paul was writing to these people, Take heed, brethren, that there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it's called today. See, Paul is bringing it back up thousands of years in the past. He's bringing it back up to the people of that day, and I'm bringing it up to the people of this day, okay, while it is called today, lest any of you here again be hardened, hardened heart, through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ. And what that means is we have the same anointing that made Jesus, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, that is not his last name. That's his anointing, the anointed one and his anointing. We are partakers of that anointing. We are partakers of Christ. If we hold the confidence that we had in the beginning, steadfast until the end. Again, while it said today, today, not thousands of years ago in the wilderness. Today, if you will hear his voice, he says it again. If God says Three times in the same little few scriptures, this is important to him. I mean, if he says it one time, it's important. If he says it three times in the same little scripture to harden not your heart, harden not your heart, as in the provocation. He's repeating himself. Like, Lord, do you really need to repeat Yes, when you got hard-headed and hard-hearted people listening, you got to repeat yourself. That's what he says. For some, when they heard, did provoke, however, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved? He's saying it again. He's grieved. Whom was he grieved? Forty years was it not? those who had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. That's so graphic. Can you not say those who died in the wilderness? No, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. That's just graphic, man. I mean, if you think about it, Paul is comparing those folks to animals, because when you see an animal, you think of a carcass, not of a human being. But anyway, nevertheless, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom did he swear? Again, he's swearing again. You got God swearing. It's like, Wow, he's serious about this. If God is swearing, he told Abraham, I can swear by no one higher than myself. He told that to Abraham. He got God swearing three times in seven scriptures. And I swear that they should not enter into his rest, but those who believe not. So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. And he said, well, that happened 4,000 years ago. No, it's happening today. You know, I... Man, I, I, I get along with the Lord. I said, what do you want me to talk about? And these scriptures start flooding up inside me, and these stories start coming to my mind. I start hearing stuff. And what he's telling me is, 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 is the body of Christ is hardened, not you guys. You guys are awesome. You guys are diligent. You, you guys are seeking for something. But, but if you're sitting at home and the Lord's telling you to do something, your heart's hardened. Don't let it be hardened. Learn his ways. So we're going to talk a little bit about his ways tonight. I promise not to be long, but I'm going to get across to you some things he showed me. And, Father, again, I thank you so much for speaking to me and talking to me. All right, here's a question. Did those fortified walls keep the children of Israel out of the, of the promised land? Was it the fortified walls? Was it the mechanized tools of war? Did the giants. Now, if anything could keep... If anything could keep somebody out of a promised land, it's got to be the giants. Did they keep them out? No, no, no. Verse 19, they could not enter in because of unbelief. Wasn't no giant big enough? 
Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no giant big enough. Unbelief is big enough, though. Unbelief is big enough to keep you. And it's happening today, my God. In the Internet world, it's happening today. Your unbelief and your hard hearts keeping you from what God has promised you. And don't go 40 years and die without getting that. Man, I'm hearing him so clear right now. See, he prepared them a special place. Think about this. They've been, they've been animals and livestock for 400 years to Egypt. And look at what he did to get them out. You said, why didn't he reach down and just pinch the head off of, off of Pharaoh high noon the first day? He couldn't. Wasn't his, wasn't the, earth, the earth lease is still given to man right now. The lease is not up on this planet yet. It's not. It's not. When the fivefold things he told Adam, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion, that was, that was Adam's earth lease. Here, Adam, is yours. What did Uncle, great uncle, crazy great uncle Adam do? He gave it to the devil. He gave it to the devil. And see, the devil did own that area, and the devil did own them slaves. And everything, everything, everything that, that God did through Moses, he did it legally as an illegal alien in this planet because God was cast out of this planet, just like one day the devil's going to be cast out of here. The earth lease was in full swing. So use a man, Moses. It always tickles me how most of the Bible was written by murderers. Think about it. Moses was a murderer. He wrote a lot of the Old Testament. Think about it now. Think about it. David was a murderer. <laughs> Think about David. He wrote a lot of the Psalms, man. He was a, he was a murderer. And Paul, we love Uncle Saul Paul. He's a murderer. He killed Christians. Most of the Bible is written by murderers. This just shows, goes to show God never give up on what your past has put you through. God will use you. So Moses marches in there with 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 a, with an anointing like nobody on the planet, the meekest man that ever was, and he said, "Let my people go." He said, "Don't you love that?" I just I just I just like to sing that. Let my people. That made my voice smile. Let my he, let my people go. And all the all, think about this. How wonderful. See, God God ain't no bad cop. God in the Old Testament and a good cop. God in the New Testament. No, no, it's the same loving heavenly Father. You just couldn't approach Him. See, if you looked at Him in the Old Covenant and you had sin, you'd burn up and die. Remember them. <laughs> remember them silly raiders of the lost arts and got melted up. That's the way you'd be. But now He can live inside you. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how cool Jesus is. That's what Jesus did for us. The covenant changed. God has never changed. Now, if you think about every one of those calamities and plagues and bloody water and dead dying, he said, tell them tomorrow. And I said, why not tomorrow? Why not just burn them up right now? He said, because I'm giving them 24 hours to repent. Think about that. Isn't that beautiful? And if you look, even the judgment that fell on these whacked out people of unbelief, tomorrow, tomorrow we'll see. Give them time to repent. God always gives you time to repent. Because he wants you to not miss out. That's him. He loves you. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. Something bigger than you could ever imagine. Wow. So he handpicked a place called the promised land. And, and what I love about that, it, it was already had houses built. I think it was Bill Winston said, if you're going to occupy a house that's already built, and it's built by a giant, I don't think your bathroom's going to be small. I don't, even if it's outside. You know what I'm saying? I, oh, stand in front of the camera. Yes, sir. He said, stand in front of the camera. Yes, sir. If you get a house, if you inherit a house from a giant, it's going to be big. It's going to be nice. What was that old Og dude? His bed was 11 foot long. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah it's going to be a nice big bedroom. It's going to be roomy. Vineyards. Think about vineyards. They already said the grapes was so big it took two people. 
man, there's going to be some big old vineyards and all that. And what I love, the Lord said, hey, hey, and, and after all, I'll, I'll water it for you. Now, see, that may not mean much to somebody, but if you've watered a desert place called Egypt with your feet and your granddaddy did it, for 400 years, you've pedaled a little wooden bicycle to water a field to hear the God of the universe say, I'll water your land for you. Wow. That, that touched a lot of people. All right. But they came back. Surely it flows with milk and honey, just like they said. But the big wah, wah, wah moment. Y'all, y'all have had one of those bump, bump, bump moments. Nevertheless, no, don't say that. Where's, where's Joshua? Let's go up and take it immediately. Let's go today. Why are you sitting there? Get your shoes on. Let's go. Nope. Nope. The, 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 the spies, the spies, uh, how many out of 10? 10 out of 12 spies? Is that what it was? 10 out of 12 spies says, nevertheless, the people are strong. The cities are walled. Very great. We saw the children of Anak. That's giants. Giants. Now, I, I don't know, I've just, in, I've always thought about this. I'd like to see a giant, and then one day we will. But, dude, I'd like to see a giant woman. I, I just want to see one. I don't know why I want to say that. Kenny, don't you want to that, Don, don't you see a giant woman, a big woman, like 12-foot-tall woman? I just want to see one one day. Okay, I, I'm sorry, I have issues. I have issues. I want to see a 12-foot-tall woman. Is there such a thing? There had to be, because if the, if the, you know what I'm talking about? Anyway. There's giants in the land. Even the women are big, you know. <laughs> see, you see what I'm saying? Wah, wah, wah. There goes everything that God wanted to do for them out the window. And it hurt his feelings. See, they heard the audible voice of God. Now, that's important. That's important. To hear God's voice. Hold on to that there. They heard the audible voice of God. Think about that. But when they saw obstacles... They, re- they refuse to believe and fight. And that's where we are today. Believe and fight. Believe and fight. They refuse to believe and fight for what he had promised them, and the results were known as unbelief. Ah, he's promised you things, big things. Do you fight? Do you want to fight? See, a lot of people don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. Everybody wants minimum effort, maximum results. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants that. But, hey, the things that God you got to fight. The Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violence. And that word suffer means it allows violence. In other words, there's room for violence in the kingdom of God. And the violent take it by force. That's what the Bible says. We talked about it between my praise songs, the anointing of God comes on me. We was talking to the other day, the Lord was just speaking to me about, about the righteous as bold as a lion. And Don said it, but you got to be willing. That's wisdom right there. You got to be willing. You can have a lion inside of you. That song we sing, and, you know, get up you gotta have you gotta be willing because you'll keep the lion quiet. See, unbelief and a hardened heart, ooh, this is strong. It's the most dangerous state one can be in. You know it's the only state you can be in that God cannot and will not help you. Ooh, think about that. Now he can do anything. We could just talk about miracles for a week. But if you don't believe him and you don't want to be around him and you thumb your nose at him, and you harden your heart. He's tried, he's tried, he's tried, he's tried, and that old heart's gotten hard, and that neck's got, neck's got stiff. Whoa. And hell is filling up as we speak of people like that. I'm telling you, it ain't, it ain't right. It ain't right. See, to believe something, to believe anything, it's a choice. So we say, man, I just can't believe that. No, you, that's, that's, foul, that's false. Now, you can say, I choose not to believe that, 
But you cannot say legally and truthfully, well, I just can't believe that. And if you notice how the slang in our talk comes around, man, I just can't believe that. You can believe anything you choose to believe. In fact, the devil knows it, and he's trying to get you to convince yourself by saying you can't. It's that simple. To have faith in God, it's a choice. It's a quality choice, and it may cost you something near-term early on, but it'll win you, it'll pay back, and in dividends you'll never, ever imagine it could happen in your life by believing God. You make him thrilled. He thrills. He'll, he'll come. He'll get up and stop what he's doing and come get with you when you believe what he says. Can you imagine the armies are coming, the Red Sea's right here, and all of a sudden that sea opens up, and they walk through that water. And that water was, I bet it was tall. I bet it was three times tall as this building. One day we're going to see that. We're going to get to watch the video. We're going to stream it in heaven. <laughs> we're going to watch it, Don. We're going to see it. And I bet if I could have been there, I, okay, stand, camera, yes, sir. Stand, I might do it three more times. I'd be looking in the water. I'd have to touch it. I'd have to touch it. I'd, I'd have to say, whoa, what is it? Is it cold? Was it frozen? Is it, is it jello? What? I'd have to do that. I'd have to. I'd have to taste it. I'm sorry. I just, I'll. I just had to see it. I'd have to. I'd have to get into that a little bit and see what that what that was. Dry land, dry land. So I I think just just scientifically here, had to be some cold air because cold air dries out stuff. You know, I don't know. I'm making this up. It was a desert. You got you had a lot of room for cold air. Cold air may have froze it. I don't know. I'd had to see. Okay. So what is unbelief? How do you identify it? Now come on now. I'm gonna make it slight, but I'm gonna tell it. Symptoms of unbelief. Y'all, and again, you guys, you guys are my my favorites. I'm gonna tell you, you're awesome. So I, this don't apply to any of y'all. Okay, it does apply. Some of these apply to me. But anyway, are you moved by what you see? Let's just let's just jump through these quick. We're trying not to stop. Are you fearful and panicky? It almost sounds. Like, are you moved by what you see? Are you fearful and panicky? It's almost like a song. Are you speaking negatively? <laughs> are you speaking negatively? Are you pessimistic and sarcastic? And you think about it, a lot of our humor is sarcasm and a little bit of good old humor. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But a lot of, lot of, lot, lot of our talk, a lot of our slang, a lot of our vernacular is sarcasm. And that's just to weaken your words because your words are what you got, all you got. God's word in your mouth is really all you got, folks. It's all you got. So keep the words strong. Keep them clean. Keep them, keep them real. Believe what you say. Say what you believe and you'll have what you say. So, are you blaming others for your own problems? Ah, ah, come on, let's just, this is fun, this is fun. Are you murmuring, complaining, or griping about things? We'd never do that, would we? Vanessa's laughing at me. Are you disrespectful? Are you unthankful? I'm going to stop at this. I remember one, one Thanksgiving, I'd worked all year and finally got a week off, and I woke up on Thanksgiving, and one of my ears was stopped up. And I remember I was, just, I was like a big old fat, whining baby. And I heard the Lord say, how many ears did I give you? Well, two. Does one of them work? No. Does one of them work? Yes, sir, one of them works. He goes, well, you need to be thankful. I'm speaking to you through that ear. I said, well, I am thankful. So what else are you thankful for? Next thing you know, I'm thankful for a lot of things. Next thing you know, I'm on my feet. Next thing I'm I'm so thankful for you, Lord. I'm just so thankful. I'd be in jail if I didn't know you. Pop, that ear opened up. I never forget. So are you unthankful? I don't care. You could be in penitentiary jail tonight. You could find something to be thankful if you're born again. Are you unthankful? Do you look back to the past with longing? Oh, the good old days. You know, like some ice cream commercial. Do you look back at the olden days, the good old days? 
Are you impatient and putting pressure on others? Ooh. Uh. Are you forgetting God's many benefits and faithfulness? Are you all time arguing? Even I have, have been bad. Forgive me. Argumentative and quarrelsome. Well, sometimes I have to kind of straighten you out a little. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Are you argumentative and quarrelsome? Are you defiant and rebellious? You know, today, rebellion is cool. Man, you get in the movies if you're rebellious enough. Yeah, James Dean and the leather jacket and all this silliness, you know. Rebellion is of the devil. But every movie you ever see has got a plot line of rebellion in it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Are you not listening? Are you dull of hearing? Are you not obeying? Are you despairing? You're sad? You're depressed? Have you been feeling sorry for yourself and crying a lot? If any of those fits you, 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 you probably aren't in belief. So what's the cure? Large doses of God's word will fix it. <laughs> Large doses of God's word. So see, unbelief causes a hardness of heart because, see, if, if Father God deals with you, and I believe he deals with every person, especially people who are born into families that are Christians, uh, that, that, that know the ways of the Lord, that know the things of the Lord, that, that, that pray for the children, that pray for the friends. Father God's going to deal with you. He, he, he said he would. And every time you turn him down, you harden your heart. So you can have a hard heart just because you don't know something. You can have a hard heart and be in unbelief just because you were taught wrong. I know we were taught wrong as kids, you know. Uh, some of our favorite sayings that, 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 that would have just run me on down the road was, you know, brother, God's sovereign. You've heard that one, don't you? No, he's omnipotent. I'm sovereign, but I've learned something. Miracles passed away with the disciples. Who said? The devil or you? Who, who said that? You never know about God. No, you don't if you don't know him, but if he's inside you, he'll tell you all things. He will. He allowed this. So just be patient, brother. See, that's just wrong teaching. And pulpits are full of it. They're full of it in America because nobody knows or either don't have guts enough to stand up there and, and tell the truth and, and, and show you the way to show you what to do to tell the devil and make the devil leave. That's what it is. Hardness of heart because you've been taught wrong. But the ones, I think this last one is what got the children of Israel, and it gets a lot of people today, is five natural senses that we have coming together to form a hardened heart. That's, 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 that's tough right there. In other words, uh, they have not known my ways is what he said. They do err. They make mistakes. They go their own way. They go the wrong way because they do not know my ways. Well, let's talk about his ways a little bit. So I got through the bad part. Let's talk about the good part. See, God's ways, we've always heard it, are higher they're higher than our ways. But he's not telling you that to go, <laughs> mine are higher. No, 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 I'm telling you because you can come up here with me. Sit with me in heavenly places and let me whisper in your ear the things that are coming in your life. And you can use my ways and be like me and experience what I experience by taking my ways into you and doing what I do and saying what I say. That's why he tells you his ways are higher. His ways are higher than your ways. You know, it always ends up that he's always wanting us to catch up and come up to his thoughts and thinking. Wow. He's traveling faster than the speed of light. Huh? And we can't even get to the speed of sound. And he's zipping. He's, do you realize how much he has to slow down just to speak with you and talk to you and be with you? He's lickety-split fast. I mean, he is something else. He is all light and all power and the most amazing thing that will ever be. 
but yet he chooses. <laughs> he yearns. He longs to hold you in his arms. Oh, my God, that's a special thing. I don't, just that he would talk to me, just that he would speak to me, just that he would even know my name. Touches my spirit, my God. His ways are spirit-based. Are usually at odds with our meat-based, carnal-based thinking. You know, the word carnal means like a carnivorous animal. It talks about a carnal mind. Much I hate to call you that, it's... It's a meathead. That's all. <laughs> You're thinking with your carnal mind. You're not thinking like he thinks. You've got to know his ways. See, Romans 8, 7, not that I'm talking bad about you. Because the carnal mind, that meat-headed computer thing up on top of your shoulders, the carnal mind is enmity, enmity, which is an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the laws of God, the ways of God. Neither can it be. So you've got to get above that. We have the mind of Christ. If you're born again, you have at your disposal the mind of the anointed one and his anointing. So let's figure this out. Large doses of God's word. Learn God's ways. The only way you'll ever learn God's ways is to hear what he said, is to have him speak to you. Now, we'll make a few connections here. Again, this is a part I said, but Lord, you know, people know this. I haven't heard you preach it, Matt. I want to hear you preach it. I want to hear your take on my word. My take. Yes, sir. Okay, here, here, here it goes. See, whenever God speaks to you, faith comes. Remember, he, he, he told that first generation of Israelites, go through on dry land. There's faith to do what he said right there. He didn't say that to them heathen, Egyptian, sword-bearing, chariot-driving, demonically inspired army that's chasing. They didn't have faith. The only faith, the only faith that Pharaoh had was what God told him, let my people go. I believe had he done what God said, faith was there to let him go, that, that nation would be prosperous today. But he didn't. So now they're not near as prosperous as they would be. Faith to do what he said comes in what he says. That makes sense? If he, if he, if he, t- now he, here, here's where a lot of people get in, get into trouble and I've done it and we've all done it. And I thank the Lord. I, I think it blesses him, but still you can't just say, I'm going to do this or God, you're going to do this, whatever this is. Did he say based on what, what are you talking about? God's going to give me a red Corvette. Well, did he say that? Daniel, I believe God's going to give you, did he say that? Now, if he said it, you can hang your life on it. You can hang your life on it. It even gets deeper than that, but let's, let's go ahead. So faith always comes when he speaks. And he very rarely asks you to do something or believe something or accomplish something that's easy for your carnal mind to do. <laughs> you finished my word. Think about this. We're going to break it down a little bit. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, walk by faith and not by sight. Galatians talks about the just living by faith. He reminds us, in Ephesians, that our faith is a shield that will quench every fiery dart. It's a spiritual force field all around us, all around us. It will quench everything the devil could ever throw at you, ever ever throw at you. Then he talks about people in the Bible all through there. Lord, show me this. Different degrees and different levels of faith. In Matthew seventeen seven, he talks about a faithless generation, no faith. Remember when the young guy, he just come off the mount. Just come off the mountain, saw Elijah and God's voice, and comes down, just woo. And here now, here's this kid convulsing and throwing his. And his daddy says, "Hey, can you do anything? And what can I do anything? All things are possible. Can you believe?" 
then he just gets mad because you tell he's he's lit, buddy. He's lit. He doesn't see God heard his voice audibly glowing. And he calls, How long am I gonna mess around with this faithless generation? Then he talks about little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. When the storm come and the disciples, he'd already showed them what to do the second time, and they woke him up and really asked him a mean question. Do you not even care? Do you care if we drowned? He called him little faith. Little faith. And when Peter walked on the water, it says little faith, but it's really brief faith. Faith that comes is here, but then it leaves because you see something like wind and waves or whatever that, that, that knocks you off of what you're trying to, to, to accomplish with, with what he told you. Because when Jesus said come, there was faith in that word right there. Hey, if that's you out there, which is kind of funny because, see, they thought it was a ghost out there. Ooh, that's a ghost. And then Peter says, I know. If it's a ghost, watch this, guys. If it's a ghost, it won't let me come out there. Hey, Jesus, if that's you out there, they say it's a ghost. If that's you, bid me to come. Come. There's faith in that. Enough for him to stand on water and defy gravity. Faith was there, but he lost it. He fell off the wagon. He fell off. <laughs> Brief faith. It came and it went. Now, this is where we want to be, these last two. Strong faith. Abraham staggered not at the promises of God, but he had strong faith. He was strong in faith. He staggered not. And then my two favorites, my two favorites, great faith. So we got faithless, little faith, brief faith, strong faith, and great faith. Great faith is a little woman had an issue of blood that tried to pickpocket a healing from Jesus and just exit back into the crowd. No, 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 that was great faith right there. And then the centurion servant, who I'm pretty sure was Cornelius, I ain't never seen faith like this. Not all in, in all of Israel. You just say, speak the word, and my servant will be healed. Don't you want me to come to your house? No, just, just say the word. Woo! That's great faith. So there's different levels of faith. See, faith is rare and precious. You have so many people. Brother, would you like to share your faith? No, it ain't a denomination, man. It ain't what you, it ain't, it's not that. What faith are you? No, 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 you're missing it. Faith is a spiritual muscle. Faith is a faith. I'm gonna get there in a minute, but 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 faith is something like. Don't laugh at me. I, the Lord tells me stuff. Faith is something like a bat has. He can't see nothing, but yet he can fly in a dark cave and never bump his head, huh? A, a dolphin, a whale can go down two miles in the ocean, which pitch black and almost freezing, and he can see everything there through the echo thing that's in his brain and his head. Faith is like that. Faith is like that. Faith, it says, walk by faith and not by sight, right? So that means whatever whatever faith is, huh? whatever faith is, is better than my eyeballs. Huh? What is that now? Because, see, you're really not, people think, walk by faith, and they're staggering and falling around like a drunk or something. No, no, that ain't what it means, dude. Faith will show you stuff your eyes will never let you see. Man, I had a lot of stuff going at work. Before I even knew it was coming on, the Lord just impressed me to start praying out loud. I wrote it down on some little post-its on my, on, on my desk that, 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 that I didn't understand why, but, 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 but I, knew, I knew he was calling me into doing it. And, and anytime I get still, like I lay down at night, I kind of whisper it with my lips, you know. And uh, one time Vanessa says, what are you doing over there? I said, I'm nothing, I'm not doing nothing, you know. But it's like, Lord, I ask you, I grant unto me, give unto me a spirit of wisdom and knowledge in the revelation of you. And, and, and that the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened. See, that's, that's those eyes that you walk by faith with. Remember that dude that was a certain rich ruler that, that, that Lazarus 
made it to heaven. The dogs was licking his sores. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have issues with that. Dogs was licking his sores. Terrible. He went to heaven. He sees the old certain rich man saw Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham, and it says something. That man lifted up his eyes. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, whoa, what are you talking about? Did he go dig his eyeballs out of the grave and lift them up? No. His eyes. The eyes of his understanding had finally been enlightened, but it was too late because he was in hell. That, that's what I'm talking about. Your spiritual eyes. The very same thing Mark has been talking about, that the eyes, that your eyes being being full of light or your eyes being darkness, how dark are you? If, if your eyes, the, the, the lens, the focus that the eyes of your understanding will be flooded with light, and you'll know the hope of God's calling in your life. Ah, it's awesome right there. And, and that, that, the, that, the, that the inheritance, the glory of the inheritance of the saints will be working in your life, and the exceeding greatness of your power will be toward me because I believe in you, sir. That, that's what I'm talking about. The eyes of my understanding will be enlightened, and I'd see by faith. That the, you start praying that every day, you'll start seeing some good things. You'll start seeing some things like, whoa, you start seeing some stuff. You know, and I saw, I started praying that before some things started happening in, in, in my job and some things. And anyway, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. So faith is a rare and precious commodity. You do not see much of it, and you will not see much of it because it only comes when God speaks to an individual. Now, watch how I say this. It hopefully will come when you read the Bible, but if the Holy Ghost don't speak to you when you read the Bible, faith will not come. You can quote the Bible like a parrot, and unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you through his anointing, the rhema Christo, the anointed word of God, faith will not come. Faith will not come. You can read the Bible. You can have the Bible playing in your in your bedroom on cassette tape or wherever you want to play it. Faith only comes when Father God reveals it to you. And you don't see that much because it takes time. You can't catch it on the wing. You can't get just close enough to him and get what you want and walk away. No, you got to get with him. It's called fellowship. It's called fellowship. Faith is a choice. Jesus asked the question, hey, when I return, am I even going to find any? <laughs> okay. So here, here, here's where it gets kind of unusual. And I'm, th- I'm about through. I ain't got much more to talk about. So if he's asking you to walk by faith and not by sight, that means we're going to walk, we're going to spend our life using a sensor. Let's talk about it. A sensor that's more accurate to our minds and our soul than our eyeballs. And it's called faith. And where does faith come from? God's word, God speaking to a person, God revealing his thoughts and his precepts to your spirit. That's where faith comes. It's powerful. See, we need that extra sense, one that is greater than and can supersede all our other senses. Do you realize that God is asking you, like he did the children of Israel, to do something, think, live a way that is contrary to your five physical senses? And he's only doing it because he's trying to get you safely in your promised land. And there will be giants there. There will be obstacles. There will be things you have to fight for. But if you stand strong, be strong in the Lord, and don't give up hope, he'll help you. You'll do great things. He will. How you react or respond will depend on how well you know him and how much you trust him. And you won't ever know him and you won't ever trust him unless you spend some quality time in fellowship with him. Let him reveal the deep secrets to him. 
Father, I ask you, give unto me a spirit of wisdom and knowledge and the revelation of you. And I want my eyes, the eyes of my understanding, to be enlightened. Not these green things on my face here, but the eyes of my understanding. The things that let me see when I'm on the other side. That they be enlightened. For what? The hope of my calling in you. What you've asked me to do. What you have for me. How are you going to get what you have for me? Hey, inheritance, the saints, the glory, the riches, the inheritance of the saints. And how is that going to come to me? Through the exceeding great power to me, usward, because I believe. Then he goes on to say that same power raised Christ Jesus from the dead, set him on the side, the right hand of his throne, over every power and dominion and principality and everything that made Jesus where he is today. He's going to use that to get you into your promised land if you let him. But you got to believe. Got to believe. My God, I'm feeling it up here. Time spent in him in conversation, meditation, worship. And I like this one. Downloading revelation knowledge. Man, like, like, like remember remote modems and computers. Remember old computers when you download a file. Downloading, downloading information. Through this sixth, sixth sense of faith, your soul can be trained to react and respond just like your five natural senses. You have to get to the place to where you own your senses. You own them. They don't own you. You've got to rise above them instead of letting them own you. How do we do it? It's called fellowship. It's called fellowship. Spending quality time with Dad. That's all it is. It'd be different, he says, I want you to walk 40 miles. <laughs> or I want you to crawl on broken glass. See, religion will tell you that. Religion will tell you you'll never get to know him. You'll never know him. You'll never get to hear him. But if you were to get close, you'd have to do something so horrible that you wouldn't want to do it anyway. No, just stop. Just stop what you're doing and listen. I've, I've done this a lot. In fact, I, I started before Mark asked me, not that I didn't want to do this. I said, Lord, I want to want to do this. <laughs> Prepare this sermon. I want to want to do it. I want to want to do it. I kept saying it. What am I, I'm releasing power in what I'm saying to do it. You see what I'm talking about? You know, I could have said, I don't have time. I don't want to do that. You know, flesh don't want to do that. Spirit man wants to do that. Spirit man knows a whole lot. Uh, we, we learned something just recently. What was it, Vanessa? Uh, believe in the God and this inside you. He's not way off, way off in the third heaven. Believe and trust and know the God that's inside you. It's the Holy Ghost. Like I say, in the old covenant, you could hear his voice and die. But in the new covenant, he can live inside and tell you happy birthday. Good morning. What are you doing? What do you think you're doing? I've heard him say, what are you doing, man? I've heard him say, you're doing that wrong. Come here, come here, come here. Should I do that? Love him. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. All right, so what I want to talk about, the children of Israel, see, they saw everything God did over and over and over and still refused to believe, refused to trust. All the miracles to get them out of Egypt, up to the Red Sea, the drowning of the army, when it was time to them to step up and fight and be, be obedient, they choked, and it cost an entire generation their inheritance. So sad. All but Caleb and Joshua. Joshua and Caleb, only two out of two million people. And could you imagine, can you imagine the night, that first night, and it talks about Numbers chapter 14, they were so excited. They saw the grapes. They said, it is true what he said. Oh, but wait, there's giants in that land. Well, we can't do that. Nevertheless, wah, wah, wah. They said that the whole camp cried all night. 
Could you imagine hearing two million people crying in their tent? <laughs> and God's going, guys, have you not seen what I've done? If I can drown an army with an ocean, just think what I can do to some giants. Just think what I can do. And he goes on one day to use a little 12-year-old child. He may have been 16, David, and he killed him with a rock. Could you imagine what he could have done? So what he did 40 years later with Joshua. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. The walls just dropped. I mean, I could have, there's no telling how easy and fun. They'd still be talking about it today if they, if you say, excuse me, if they'd have went on in. All right, let's, let's, let's get on, let's go. So, how do we step up and not let this happen to us? Say, not me. Not me. I'm going to have what's mine. Say it. I'm going to have what's mine. I'm going to have what's mine. Well, we're going to do it by faith. We're going to do it by faith because God's word in your mouth is all you have. I don't care what you say. You say, well, you're wrong, man. Okay, whatever. God's word in your mouth is all you have. That's all you have. But that's all you need. That's all you need. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus talking, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And this is what he showed me. Not so much was what was written down, but what came out of his mouth. It's personal. It's intimate. I, I remember one time, Don, you probably remember in the jail, he's talking about us sitting with him in heavenly places, seated with Christ, seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places. And I said, I wonder why he wants that. You remember this? And you, and Revelation knowledge came over you and said, because, man, all he has to do is turn his head and whisper, and you hear him. Oh, I felt that. Because <laughs> why does he want us sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? He makes us. And how many of us want to climb down? <laughs> no, he makes us to sit with him in heavenly places. Why? Because Don, Don showed me that. Because he just turned his head and speak to you, whisper, hey, I love you. We're that close, man. That's why he wants you that close to him. He wants you near him. Because he loves you. See, I'm not going there. You don't sit down in the presence of royalty unless you were royal as well. Back in the day, if you sat down in the king's court, you may lose your head literally. You stood at attention if you even let you near him. But he makes us sit together with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Far, far above all principalities, powers, and dominions and evilness and whatever this world tries to dish out. He makes us do that. Why? Because we're in the family. Family members get to sit in royalty because you're royal as well. My God. Royal priesthood. Royal priesthood. Holy nation. Peculiar people. So, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is what you're to live on. And then faith comes by hearing. Hearing that word. Hearing it. Having him whisper something to you. Have him tell you a secret. And there's nothing wrong with saying, Father, tell me a secret today. Tell me something I don't know. Father, that spirit of revelation and knowledge of you, I want it working in my life. So enlighten my eyes, understand it. Tell me something good. Tell me something good. And he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll show you. He'll tell you something every day if you let him. Amy, he'll show you the way to promotion. He will. And it may be cockeyed in our minds. You know what I'm talking about? It may be crazy. He may want you to do something, but if he shows you, there's faith in that to do it, and the results are always just what he said. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah, he'll, he'll ask you to do crazy stuff. Anyway, anyway, I, I'm going to tell. He said, I'm going to tell. I ain't going to tell him much. I was, I was looking for a promotion, and I forget. I was, I was already interviewed for it seven or eight years ago, whatever, men dying. I ain't going to tell the whole story. And I, and, and I asked, Lord, what do I do to break through this mess? He goes, well, 
I want you to uh, ask your buddy Don how many years he's been saved and give him $100 for every year he's been saved. He's saved more than a year or two. <laughs> you remember that? Dude, it was like the next day. They said, oh, we're sorry this paperwork got delayed. Uh, we need to talk to you about an offer on your job. That, that, that's, that's faith right there. That's faith. Of course, I love Don. He can have anything out of mind. But you know what I'm trying to say. That's, that's, that's faith. Now, had I done that without him saying that, and it was on me too, Don. You remember that. Don, I'll just tell you, if I'd have done it when he told me, it would have been $100 less. <laughs> because I remember I said, Don, when did you get saved? He was, oh, it was just the other day, man. I was, it was so many years. I ain't going to tell him how much it was. I said, oh, really? Just the other day, huh? Yeah, so you had you just had a birthday? Yeah. And Lord said, see, I would have saved you 100 bucks there, man, if you'd done what I said. I'm playing, dude. But if I'd have done that without him telling me, it'd just been, here, bless you, brother. Yeah. You all see what I'm saying? Rema Cristo. So if you spend time with God, he speaks. Oh, what time is it? It's about time to stop. You spend time with God, he speaks. When he speaks, faith comes. And if you have faith like the grain of mustard seed, you will speak. The spirit of faith will come on you as it is written, I have believed, therefore I speak as well. Also I speak. So you spend time with God. He speaks to you. You get faith when he speaks to you. When you get faith by hearing and hearing God's word over and over and over, not reading it over and over and over, but reading it till he speaks it to you, you get faith. And then when faith comes, guess what? You'll speak. And when you speak what God spoke to you, things will change. He said, my word never returns to me void. But it's got to return to him. It's got to return to him. It's got to return to him. The Bible talks about sincere milk of the word and strong meat of the word. We were talking. Everybody ever thought about what strong meat was? I know this is crazy, but I'm going to tell you what he told me. Strong meat can be gamey. <laughs> I thought about you, Marty, when he was talking about it. I bet, I bet Marty would eat anything. He talked about eating the cheeks of this and the tongues of that and all. But strong meat is gamey. But strong meat, strong meat will help you exercise your senses, the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 5. I'm going to read it amplified. But solid food is for full-grown people, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble. And what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you, Lord. Strong meat can be gamey, but it's always profitable. Sincere milk is a great start, but it'll never satisfy you like strong meat. And strong meat is something like this. Paul, Saul, we'll turn to Paul. Paul, there's going to be there's going to be a shipwreck, but you'll be fine. Yeah, that's strong meat right there. That's strong. In other words, here's one here. The tornado's coming, but everybody's going to be fine. You see what I'm talking about? When he really tells you something that's contrary to what you'd want to hear, but you know it's him, and you know he said it, and you believe what he said, and you live, and you, and you, and you have your being in him, that's strong meat. Strong meat is, is him asking you to accomplish something that's totally contrary to your five senses. i got to stop. i got to stop. Doubting God breaks his heart. Because it keeps you from having what he wants you to have. Believing God, he seems to say it to me, gives him a thrill like no other. Seek him with your whole heart and you'll find him. He that believes is always rewarded. And the prophetic come to me, he said, Too many of my children do not spend enough time in prayer and fellowship with me. Your minds are spent, consumed, 
in this physical realm with every kind of hyper-stimulus on tap to keep you fully occupied and immersed. The physical realm's media-driven agenda works hard 24-7 to tend to every whim of your natural senses, and its ultimate goal is to program you into putting your feelings first and foremost in your lives. So we're going to go by feelings, or we're going to go by what Father said. Feelings are Father. Feelings are faith. Fellowship with the Lord and consuming the strong meat of his word is so important. It gets one familiar with his ways. Just remember, he's our refuge and our strength. Psalms 46 says, an ever-present help in time of trouble. So you say, I'm in trouble. I'm stopping right here. You get that scripture out, and you sit down, and you meditate it, and you say it, and you keep talking it, because he's, he, he wants it in you. And you get it, you get it from your noggin to your spirit. You see? And then you can't help but say it. And I know this, right here I'm stopping. The Bible says in the last days men's hearts will fail them for fear. Well, the Lord showed me some of the things I've been dealing with work. He said, Matt, that, that's, that stress. Camera, yes, sir, camera. That stress. Stress is just a glass glossy word for fear I challenge you because everybody's going to have stress everybody's going to have something pressure them you say out loud it's real simple fear get out of here you say what say it you may not believe it the first 17 times you say it but it'll start getting real inside you fear get out of here I rebuke you in the name of Jesus fear leave me and then you go check your blood pressure. It works. And you can have all kind of mess breaking loose. And you stop and you say that out loud. And you allow the anointing of God. You allow every present help in a time of trouble. Is, is he lying? No. Then get it in you to where it's truth to you. And he'll always help you. He'll always be there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're his precious child. And he's got big things in store for you. Let's pray. Father, I love you so much. Hope I didn't go long. Twelve minutes after eight, and I was stopping at eight. But Father, thank you for the revelation knowledge you gave us. And Father, I pray that prayer right now over all my brothers and sisters, that the spirit of revelation and knowledge would, would come over them, the spirit of revelation and knowledge of you, and that the eyes of everyone under my sound of my voice, the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, and they know the hope of your calling. Father, we love you. I ask you as a favor to speak to every one of us. Knock on the door of our hearts and tell us something good and share with us the dreams you have for us. Share with us the things you have put aside for us, the things you have in store for us and our children and our children's children. And I ask you this, and I love you, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Sorry I went over 12 minutes, 13 now. Love you guys. Did I go too long? Marty, I apologize. I didn't mean to. It gets in my feet a little bit, you know.